What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Sports. We're hanging out here at 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Um, this is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's probably me. Yeah, why not? And uh, we're hanging out here on this uh, this nice little Thursday up here in Conroe. We're uh, we're in the new location. Yep, the new new casa. Now norther than north before. Extra north. Extra north. Closer to Conroe. <laughs> Closer. Uh, we're just hanging out here on this lovely sports show, Spectacular. Some say it's the best sports show in the station. Uh, I I tend to agree. I like to say it's the best sports show that I am on. That's true. So I feel good about that one. That's also you do write for sports. You are a sports head. I you, you know, are officially. Listen, what I do is amazing. Right. I'm a I'm an amazing person. <laughs> I'm glad you could get there so humbly. That <laughs> went from we're barely good to cocky real fast. Right. That's eh, all right. Why not? We'll recover. Yeah, we'll be okay. Uh, we're gonna start off here with a little college sports, then we'll move over from there. Here. Oh, my favorite yeah. thing on the planet. This time we're not going to talk about how college is garbage. Though. This time we're going to actually talk about what's going on in season. Oh man! Um, so right. This in, is where they get you. <laughs> this is where they get. You. This is why people even watch college sports because of this. So as it stands right now, we're starting to come into what I would term to be crunch time. There's about five more weeks of the college football season. Then you have conference championships, and then you have bowls. Starting in January, working their way through. Um, we're at a really interesting point, though, that Ohio State, uh, Alabama, LSU, uh, Clemson, and oh, I'm blanking on who number four is. There's there's five high quality undefeated teams, and the problem is right now, if the playoffs were to start today, Clemson, the defending national champions, are out. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, here it is. All right, here's the list. Oh, uh, Ohio State University is number one now after a couple big wins in a row. LSU leapfrogged Alabama. They are number two. Ooh. Alabama is number three. Penn State University is 8-0, and they are number four. And then Clemson is 9-0, is and they are number five. Top four teams go to the playoff. Um, It doesn't <sighs> – Okay. So here's where college football gets you. The only ranking that actually matters for the playoffs is the very final one. Yeah. The very final one is where they go, okay, top four, go. Because there's been times where four and five get switched on the last week. And even though no one played or did anything, and it's simply because the college playoff panel said you know the people actually number five needs to be in the playoff not number four so they switch <laughs> you know for arbitrary reasons because people control it right and there are weird biases built into all of that that's not what they'll tell you N- no they'll tell you it's totally fair but like okay a couple weeks ago uh notre dame came to michigan and mm-hmm. notre dame has been playing very well they're very consistently in the top 25 and things of that nature and michigan <sighs> They're not playing up to expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, every they're, every year they're like, oh, we might fire Harbaugh, we might fire Harbaugh, we might fire Harbaugh. So, coming into the Michigan-Notre Dame game, they were like, oh, well, Harbaugh's kind of a mess. He has been coaching great this season, so it's probably a Michigan loss. Uh, well, there was actually a reporter on um, 
one of the college football game days type scenarios where they're talking head stuff. And he was like, actually, if you look, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame is, uh, I think he's like, he's something like 30% on the road against ranked opponents or something. <laughs> and so essentially this one person, everyone else is like, Notre Dame's probably going to come in and win because they're ranked higher and it's been a better season for them, et cetera, et cetera. This one guy was like, Actually, they play like Gar- absolute dogs <laughs> when they go on the road against a good team. Right, they just play like garbage. And so, sure enough, they go in and they lose, and Michigan wins. But coming into the game, all the biases were like, Michigan's playing like crap right now, so they're going to lose. Right. And it turns out that's not the case. Now, uh, Some guy actually did the math, and he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, he was looking at everything, and he's like, uh, for the record, mm, I don't think so. Um... I actually did. I did predict that LSU would pass Alabama in the standings in the rankings. I did it two weeks ago on the SEC report. It was the uh, LSU Florida game, and I said if LSU beats Florida, who was number nine in the country at the time, mm-hmm. if LSU beats Florida, they will go on. They will leapfrog a, a Alabama because Alabama hasn't looked. Their defense is typically the thing that they're just known for. Like, yeah, they score 40, 50 points, but that's just because they're better than you physically. But their defense is what they've been known for most of the games where they, they would win, like, 48-3, to three and they'd put the third-string offense in in the second half. Like, Yeah, like, they're not scoring points. Right, like. so it doesn't matter. But this season, people have been scoring on, on Alabama throughout the whole game, not just, like, in the fourth quarter or something. Like, it's not just because they're tired. It's actually because it's not as solid as it yeah, they've usually got a lot of, is. Uh, they've got a lot of freshmen, and I think they're just trying to get some stuff figured out. But so their defense hasn't been great, and so the games have been a little bit closer than previous years. Um, it's slightly closer. That means they're bad. It means that suddenly there's a an exploit. Right. right? There's you now have a chance rather than being like, oh no, here's this Titan I can't score against, and they're going to score with their third string. Right. Here's a team that I can't do anything against, and they can do whatever they want. Now it's Here's a team that can score pretty well still, but I can score too. And the other part of it is, is LSU hasn't had an offense in forever. <laughs> forever. This is the first time this is magical? The, uh, yeah, they completely retooled their offense. They're now running one of those uh, fast-paced run-pass run option. Just press the defense, press the defense, press it. So it's one of those ones where pre-hike, you're reading the outsides, and you're looking for your man coverage. You go, okay, my receiver on my right side has man coverage. And so the receiver and you are on the same page where he's supposed to just give me a simple, either an inside route so I can just peg him with the football or down the field where he just runs away from the defender. It's got to be one of the two. And then the other thing you're looking for on those plays is your running backs on, you usually want your running back on the same side as the pass option to press the defense. So if my my one-on-ones are on the right-hand side, I move my running back over to the right-hand side, pre-snap. And then when I snap it, I look to the left, and if my de- if the defensive end is shooting in at me, I hand it to the running back, and I let him just go past the defensive end upfield. If the defensive end is paused because he wants to see the handoff, he's playing the run gap assignment, then I just kind of take two steps to the right, and I look up and I immediately throw either deep or my slant, whichever one we're running. And so, because the defense has to guess and guess and guess like four times in the first three seconds of the play, they're going to make mistakes. 
Yeah. So that's how LSU is scoring like 40, 50 points. Because it's 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 so fast and there's multiple decisions. The play doesn't know what the play is. So the defense can't possibly know what it is. All they can do is just have as many options as possible. Is take away all the options. So right. like when you're on defense, what you tell your end to do is to not commit. So when they hike the ball, don't charge the quarterback. Get free of the tackle, but don't rush the back. It's all really complicated headspace stuff that you gotta do. Yeah, it's literally it's it's literally like well if they don't if they don't have options they can't do anything so it's, you have to make the decisions almost immediately. Correct. So like if the end comes in but doesn't commit, run doesn't commit running run play pass play but comes in and holds his gap. Now the quarterback has to make a decision because if the end comes in it makes the decision either way. Right. If the end holds run gap then that means I have to pass. If the end uh, blitzes me then that means I run it. If the end literally takes two steps in and, w- and waits for me to decide, now I have to decide. So now it's almost like chess. Now it's back to you. But it's all got to happen within a one and a half seconds. Right, and it, it's, it's against natural instinct. And all of it. It's against all of it. As If you're a defender, your natural instinct is if there's nothing in front of you, press on. Because you want to clear as much green as possible to get to the ball. So when, you, when you're a defensive lineman and you're inside the offensive line, you're in the backfield, and then you are... Just standing there. Just stand there. It's the hardest second and a half of a, def- of a defensive end's life. But it works if you can do it because the rest of the defensive line should collapse a pocket in two to three seconds. So if you force him to hold the ball to make a choice, then he has to look up and find his receiver because now what he wanted to do, he can't do, and he probably looked at you too long to decide because you didn't do anything. So you didn't give him any information, so he probably was watching you for that extra half second. Now he looks up, and at that point, if it's a slant in, the linebacker should have reacted. If it's a deep play, the safety should have come over. Now your play got a little bit harder. But being an SEC team and being LSU, they were able to – they've got the horses. So they've just got great athletes. And in particular, Joe Burrow, the quarterback, the dude is great in college football. I think he already has like his 35, 40 touchdowns, whatever it is. He's throwing like four or five a game. He's just slanging them. He's just great. Um, the thing actually that impressed me about him was he gave a post-game interview. They came into the half. Uh, this might have been the Florida game, actually. They came into the half, and it was close. And, they, and he said, don't let good get in the way of great, is what allegedly he told the locker room. And he was like, yeah, we're playing against a good team, and we're, and we're in it, and we're up, and we should be happy. But let's not be happy about it. Let's go out there and let's go do great. And that's an impressive thing to hear from like a sophomore. Right. Someone who's around my age. Yeah. Then when a 20-year-old has the clarity of mind to be like, look, we're only up seven and we, we really need to win by like 35. So let's go do this. Right. Um, and so actually, and then in the, in the, pre, in the post-game press conference, he actually, he sounded, he sounded like he gets it more than you would expect to hear from a kid. So all of that put together, I was like, I, I, I see LSU jumping over. And sure enough, they did. Um, now, so what you're telling me is you can see the future. Of course. Uh, now, the Penn State thing I didn't see coming. I'm not going to lie about that. I really thought Clemson would I thought Clemson would be top four no matter what as long as they didn't lose. Um, well, they haven't lost, so. They haven't lost and they're number five. Like Penn State. I don't know. It's a weird thing to put Penn State's going to lose one game and drop 42 rankings. 
Well, and that okay. So like SMU is undefeated, right? But they are um, they're number twenty five in the. Oh, they lost last week. That's right. They're twenty five. Before they lost last week, though, they were um, they were only like number twelve. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's it's a weird thing where these guys don't get a lot of love for what happens um, due to their very professional, very non biased board. Yeah, of course, of course. It's weird though that the champions aren't in the top. Like, unless Clemson loses, they should just automatically be in the top four because they are the defending national champs. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's like, well, you're going to be national champs without the actual previous year's national champion. And that is the issue, right? Like, college does it differently because every season is just its own story. And really, truthfully, that's every sport. But it's more with college because players graduate. Forget about contracts and continuity. Like, people just get older. and Literally, after four years, they have to leave. They have to go somewhere else. They can't be there. You can't stay here anymore. So it is weird to kind of tell them, like, because you won the championship last year, you're automatically in the playoff this year. But then the other thing is, is why wouldn't they be in the playoff? Like, they did the same thing this year they did last year, which is win every game. Right. So. I doubt they're going to stay number five in this last week rankings. I think it's going to be a very much a. Well, so here's, here's the easy remedy. Mm-hmm. LSU and Alabama play this week. Oh, well, one of them's going to be gone. One of them's going to be gone. Now, will one of them be like number six, number five, and Clemson just moves into their spot? Probably. That makes more sense. Probably. And that probably is why they're able to move Clemson out because they know these two are playing. Yeah, it's easier if you're just like looking at the schedule to be like, oh, okay, I can put them here and be fine because someone's going to lose this game and be out of the top five. But basically what you're saying is you're telling Clemson – I don't think you're one of the four best teams in the country. It does feel like that. Um, because, I mean, if you were real respectable, you would swap Penn State. Because, I mean, they're, Penn State's what, 8-0 and Clemson's 9-0. and So, yeah. technically, if you want to make that if you want to make that thing, it's like, well, they haven't Penn even State won, could, yeah, Penn they State. They haven't won as many games yet. Right, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Penn State could lose their next game, and it, Clemson it has. Actually, the weird part is, is Clemson's the only one of the five undefeated teams that is 9-0. The others are all 8-0. So, somehow being 9-0 and versus 8-0 and isn't more impressive. Right. That means the, the, the theoretical loss that any of the other four teams could make is completely irrelevant. Yeah, it is kind of weird, right? Like, they're getting less credit for winning one more week than everyone else has, has even done yet. Right. That is odd. That's a weird... You're right when you say it that way. And it is odd to put Penn State so high above Clemson. Even if maybe they are a little bit better, simply because they haven't, they weren't in the playoffs last year. No. So. But their schedule was harder. And I don't actually know if that's true or not, really. I don't actually think that. Well, Clemson hasn't really played. I think, so that's Clemson's problem, is they're not really playing a lot of tough schools. That doesn't matter. They were the national <laughs> champions last year. But see, that's not how it works, man. And, and, and you'd be right, except you're wrong. I hate I hate college sports. Right, and that is okay. So here's who. Well, I don't I just know. Kick the microphone. Sorry. Nice. Here's who, okay. So Penn State, not really anybody. They played Idaho, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Maryland. Yeah, are they you gonna tell me that they any did of play number seventeen ranked Iowa and beat them seventeen to twelve, and number sixteen ranked Michigan and beat them twenty eight to twenty one, and Michigan State they beat twenty eight to seven. The only They've their only two impressive, uh, three impressive wins. 
They opened up the season. Penn State did seventy-nine to seven against Idaho, but I think it's two A Idaho. Uh, and then they played Maryland fifty-nine to zero. Those Turpins got hurt. Oof. And then Purdue, who is a good nationally recognized program, but hasn't been relevant in a while, thirty-five to seven. The Purdue Owls are those the guys that do all the MLA formatting things? No, you're stupid. Purdue <laughs> Boilermakers. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so Iowa and Michigan are really their only ranked opponents. I'm not sure totally. Clemson played – like, Clemson played Alabama – or, I mean, uh, A&M early in the season and molly whopped them. Like, just embarrassed them. Okay. But that's – oh, that is their only ranked opponent. I'm looking at total schedules here. But they've been crushing everybody. Okay, here you go. Georgia Tech, they beat them 52-14. Uh, they played Texas A&M week – Two Texas A&M was ranked pretty high at the time. This has them, yeah, they were ranked twelfth, twenty-four to ten. They beat Syracuse forty-one to six. They beat whoever CLT is, probably some. Yeah, that's not good. Fifty-two to ten. They beat uh, North Carolina twenty-one twenty. That was their close game. They beat Florida State forty-five fourteen. They beat Louisville forty-five ten. Boston College fifty-nine seven. Like. Just been murderizing everyone else. They really have just been murdering everybody. Uh, much closer or much, you know, much bigger spreads than the Penn State crew. So I'm aside, aside from the seventy nine, yeah, yeah. Aside from seventy nine, I think this is the voters saying to Clemson, "Impress us, beat more ranked teams." They got to schedule tougher opponents, but scheduling takes place so far in advance. Right, that's the other thing that we also complained about is that like they're like, okay, they're, well, their schedule's easy. It's like, well, this thing was probably made like two and a half years ago. Yeah, I'm sure when they booked A and M for this for these games that A and M could have been much worse or unranked at the time, or maybe even they maybe they booked them the year that they beat Alabama and were I think they finished the season top fifteen that year, and maybe everyone was like, man, A and M's coming up, they're gonna dominate the SEC, this is a great opportunity, blah, 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 blah. And then they play them two years uh, later. They're still ranked 12th. They're ranked 12th, but they've been more down than up. Well, they were ranked 12th, you yeah. could say. Yeah. At and, the time. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's tough to say. I, I will say this, though. So much time passes. Every time, uh, every time we get into the rankings, people always talk about conferences, like, oh, who's down and who's up. It doesn't matter till you get to the end, honestly. It, well, it doesn't, but let's let's point out this. In the top 11 teams, there are one, two, three, four, five SEC schools. Easy. So, some people have been trying to say the SEC was going away. SEC was getting weak. SEC was slipping. Uh, no. No, negative. So, okay, so here's what's great. The college football playoff rankings have OSU, LSU, Alabama, PSU, Clemson, okay? Flip over to the AP Top 25. This is sports reporters, okay? Mm-hmm. LSU number one, Alabama number two, Ohio State number three, Clemson number four, Penn State number five. It also shows, of the sports reporters, how many voted who first place. LSU has 17 first place votes. Uh, Alabama has 21 first place votes. Ohio State has 17 first place votes. Clemson has seven. Penn State has zero. Yeah. So are we really going to sit here and say that, like, the nation ha- thinks Clemson might be number one? First of all, there are seven people in the country who think Clemson's number one. Uh, that no one, everyone agrees that Penn State is not a top four team. Yeah, pretty much. Except 
except for college football playoff rankings. <laughs> yeah, except for them, except for the people who actually build the brackets. They're like, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, that's weird. If you go by points four, Clemson has exactly 100 points more more points than uh, Penn State. Easily. Easy. Uh, and the gap is really tiny from there. So it goes, LSU has 1479 points scored. Alabama has 1472. Ohio State has 1467. And then Clemson has 1406. And Penn State has 1306. Yeah, so I don't know what kind of metric they're trying to use here. It's a massive drop-off. Because then from P- from Penn State, it goes to Georgia. And it's 1306 to 1196. And then by the time you get to number 10, you're down to 938 points. Like, it's a huge decrease over the top right. 10. Right, yeah. And it's the back half of the top 10 where it really drops. Uh, you know what, man? Like, Alabama and Penn State play each other this week. And the other part of that is there's a little bit of drama because Tua Asasoposo. That's a really complicated name. That's not even the right name. I, I, that's the old uh, Oakland Raiders <laughs> You uh, lied to me. I trusted you. <laughs> Uh, it's to, uh, I gotta, I have to have it in front of me when I do it. Cause I, when I spell it, I'm always like, I have to double check my spelling on his name every time I write it. Uh, it's Tua Tagovailoa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, his little brother, by the way, also is, uh, I think he's a retro freshman this year for, for the team also. Nice. He's like, where would I want to go? I want to go here also. Uh, it's Tua Tagovailoa. Viola, V-A-I-L-O-A, Viola. Um, Last year in the SEC championship game, he had a high ankle sprain. Mm -hmm. One of the, there's this guy in sports, Dr. James Andrews. The reason you know his name is because he's the guy who fixes broken athletes. He, if, 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 if the most important person on your franchise hurt his leg tomorrow, there's only one person you call on it's Dr. James Andrews. So apparently he's an Alabama guy. Nice. And they flew him, I guess they flew Tua to Georgia. And to fix the high ankle sprain, instead of just letting it heal over like a six-week span, they did a surgery where they take uh, a little piece of metal wire and just basically pull those bones together so they can't sprain again. And then they tighten it. That's super gross and also terrifying. Also sounds super painful. Uh, I mean, you're asleep. All surgeries probably are really painful. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, theoretically, yes, but. So what a what a high ankle sprain is when they when they show like any sort of like muscle graphic, it looks horrific because it's it's basically so much pressure that where the two bones split apart in the bottom of the leg, mm-hmm. it it's like they kind of flex. And the Ooh. ligaments all try to come off the bone. So to stop that from happening, it's basically a little steel wire that p- that keeps the bones tight. That's the worst thing ever. So that they can't flex out like that and the ligaments can't come off. Gross. So, well, sprains are, my, like, are tears of ligament. That's what a sprain is. Um, that's why when you start hearing degrees of a sprain, that's when you know that they're like thinking about going in and stitching the, the ligament back together. When someone's like, he's got a third-degree abdominal tear, then they're really thinking about just going in and stitching him back together. Yeah, because ligaments heal so slowly because there's no like hardly any blood flow to them. Well, yeah, plus you got to make them wiggle back together. Yeah. It's like a little octopus trying to eat something. Probably looks weird. The human body is strange anyways. It really is. But anyway, that was last year, and he it was, it was like a month between the SEC championship game and the first game of the playoff. Mm-hmm. 
so he had the whole time to take off, and he was still basically a game-time decision, but he came through and he played, and he looked good in the play the first playoff game. He struggled a little bit in the second playoff game, and Jalen Hurts came in and finished it up, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lose to Clemson. Big sad. Two weeks ago, he got on the other leg a high ankle sprain, and they went ahead and just did the other surgery. <laughs> But they did it with the expectation that he could come back and probably play in this LSU game. It's only been like 17 days. Oh. Um, essentially, the talk is if he feels like he can go, they're going to let him go. I don't know. I always, I was, I'm always like super concerned. I say this all the time about athletes who get injured. is like you really don't want to play fast and lose with injuries, man. <laughs> you, you don't. Now... Rehab wise, I think it's like you keep weight off three days and then that's it. You can do whatever you need. you can do whatever you got to do after that. So for this surgery is what is what I think people were saying. So what what that does mean is medically, he's clear. But it's a matter of do you feel like you're a hundred percent ready to run for your life for four quarters? Right. So I I don't know. I don't know. That makes this game really interesting, though, because without the starting quarterback, no matter what happens, part of the story of this game is going to be about Tua. I mean, yeah. If they lose, it's going to be like, man, but what if they had had Tua? If if Tua comes back and they win, he's like a god of college football. Uh, if, two, if if he doesn't come in and they, they still win, then they're like, we didn't even need our starting quarterback. Right, because then the story becomes how great is Alabama, plus they're getting Tua back. Forget about it. Right, yeah. Um, it sort of sucks for Joe Burrow. I wrote about this uh, on Sports Map on my SEC report that came out on Tuesday. Um, kind of sucks for Joe Burrow's a little bit because this is his game to win or lose. Mm-hmm. LSU is either going to step up into the big time, or they're going to not, or they're going to, or they're going to choke at the biggest moment they've got yet, and that's on Joe Burrow's. But because of the the Tua storyline. No matter what happens, this game won't be about him. Sad. A little bit. I mean, I, I feel like maybe that takes the pressure off if he's got the right mindset. Right, where he's like, well, I just he, have to not worry about it too much because I'm not the one in the, really the spotlight right now, even though right. no one's the pressure's be, on, but it's not that much pressure. Right, because it almost doesn't matter, right? Like, right. If, they, if Tua plays and they lose, they're not going to talk about Joe Burrows being bad. No, they're just going to say that Alabama's great. If if Tua plays and they win, they're not going to say Joe Burrows is the best quarterback in the SEC. No, they're going to say that Tua, Tua is, wasn't ready. Right, he wasn't ready. He was still in. Should he have played? Should uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right, no matter the outcome of this game, that Burrows isn't going to be the target of conversation. No, but he does have the opportunity. He he has moved. He started the season something like two thousand to one to be the Heisman pick. Mm-hmm. And I think now he's on the top five, like the short list for Heisman's. Easy. So he's one of the people invited now to New York, if it were this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does have an opportunity to like improve his standing in things this week, but this game won't be about him. Sad. This is like a big moment. This is this is his probably his biggest moment, but it's completely invalidated by the fact that the other that guys by- hurt. Exactly, right? Like, this is the most important moment in his career so far, and it's completely irrelevant. <laughs> completely irrelevant. That's, I mean, it's, it's... It hurts a little bit. Stings. It's, it's got to sting. It's got to sting a little bit. I mean, no matter who you are, you've got to at least feel like 
I at least want the credit if we win. Right, yeah. At least I want him to be like, hey, good job. <laughs> or at least, you know what, like, pat me on the back if we win and then say something about me if we lose. Right. Like, but if if if, if win or doesn't lose, matter. it's going to be the two of story anyway. Like, uh. All right, we're going to jump out here to break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Tech Sports coming your way. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to more Nerd Thug Sports, hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, Nico, before we go any further, go ahead and tell everybody about our friends at Cox ATA. Cox ATA Martial Arts, now with three convenient locations. One in Conroe, one in Magnolia, and one in the Woodlands. I almost forgot again, because I <laughs> did it in the wrong order. <laughs> Everything's a pattern, and I've totally messed it up. Uh, leader in ATA martial arts with our three convenient locations. If you can hear us on the radio, there's a Cox ATA location near you. They got all kinds of courses from every age range. If you're three, if you're 93, you have Taekwondo, Tai Chi, uh, various courses you can take. Very flexible people, wonderful family friendly people. Mention Nerd Thug Radio. Get two free weeks of training. This is a big deal if you want to start a routine. Uh, if you just want to fall in love with these locations with these people, it's a really great programs that you can take. Cox ATA. They build life. Uh, they teach life skills. They build leaders, and they leave a legacy. You sound like the count when you say three. Ah ah ah. One location, two locations, three locations. Ah ah ah. Um, that's just what I hear when you say it now. I'm just a muppet in disguise. Not even a very good one. No, just a muppet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, I got some uh, I got some some interesting stuff here going on with the NFL this week. Uh, real football, real football. We're gonna start with, ah, uh, you know what? We're gonna start right here, and I don't know. I this is a weird story to me. This is a really weird story to me. Um, this has just been an exciting year of sports stories for us. Mitchell Trubisky, uh, embattled starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, has requested that the TVs um, inside the building be turned off. What? He wants the televisions inside Hallis Hall turned off to insulate the struggling team from outside criticism. This is according to ESPN.com. Jeff Dickerson, staff writer. Uh, Trying to get some of these TVs in the building turned off because you've got too many people talking on TV about us and what they think about us. What we should do, what we are, and what we're not, Trubisky said before Wednesday's practice. 
but they don't really know who we are or what we're capable of as people or what we're going through or what we're thinking. It's just the outside viewers looking in. Yeah, it's called the public. It's called you're in the sports team. It's called you're you're a public figure now. Um, it's like that you portion of it is the stupidest quote I've ever heard. Right. Right. Like, get over it. Now I will. I am going to go on because I do think this part I do agree with. So tunnel vision, earmuffs, and just come to work every day and try to get better and get back to what we know we're capable of doing. Completely agree with that sentence. Correct. That should have been all he said. Yes. Saying that we have to turn the TVs off so that we can focus makes the entire organization sound like a bunch of six-year-olds. Yeah, they're like, we have too many distractions going on right now. I can't can't get over the talking guy on ESPN who says I'm kind of bad at this game. (laughs) People are mean to me. It's like, calm down, relax. You're, You're a professional football player. You have to learn to do your job because people are going to yell at you. It's like it's like Baker Mayfield when they were like, were you said you didn't score? And he's like, yeah, I'm upset because that's real dumb. Why would you ask me that yeah, question? of course I wanted to score there. No, and that's right. Like, that's the right answer to that question. Um, okay, so Trubisky is 25 years old. He's in the middle of what is probably the worst third season of an NFL player in a long time. Uh, typically in quarterbacks, the third season is when they make their leap into, this is when they evolve into who they're supposed to be a lot of times. And he's uh, falling apart. (sighs) Not even close. Uh, Trubisky might not even pass for 2,500 yards or throw for double-digit touchdowns this season. By comparison, 16 other quarterbacks have already thrown for over 2,000 yards. Oh, no. After seven starts, Trubisky has 1,200 passing yards with five touchdowns and three interceptions and is 31st in the league in QBR. That's not very good. No. No. So here he is out there starting every game, and he only has 1,200 yards and five touchdowns. Well, it's not looking good. It sounds like he has a problem, and he doesn't want to say anything. He's like, we need to focus, guys. This is totally not me projecting all my issues. <laughs> no, I agree with that. I do think I do. Think he's, I think he's 100% projecting on people what's going on here. He's like, we need to turn the TVs off because everyone's distracted. Not me, though. I'm totally level-headed. I'm completely tuned in, and I'm ready to go. Right. I just want you to remember what I'm capable of. Remember two years ago? <laughs> certainly not hurting my feelings that they're talking about me. So here's the other part of this the story that's real disappointing is that the Bears traded up to get him. Let me see if I can pull up what they gave up to get him. I hope it's not a lot because it's going to feel real bad. It's one of those decisions where you're like, ooh. Oh, it's going to be a lot. Ooh. Remember two years ago when I was real good? That was a good time. <laughs> and last year the team was uh, they won the division. Like you can't even rest on his laurels because they're not even there. There's no. not even nothing there. Yeah. It's not, like he, it's not like they went to the Super Bowl at all. So the Bears traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky number two overall. Um, the Bears traded the number three pick, the number 67 pick, and the 111 pick, as well as a third-round pick the following year. Now that's a lot of picks. Four picks, including one directly below the other one. Right. Um, hey, so was he worth four people? No, for sure not. 
here's the other part of it that's really interesting. Uh, he was only one-year starter in college. And there's a lot of guys who won't take someone who doesn't have X amount of experience in college, and he wouldn't have fit that number. That's an interesting statement. Um, I think he's just coming apart at the seams a little bit here. I do, too. I think I think he's just a... Here's the other thing that need that people need to know is with Trubisky going uh second overall. He went second, only started for one year. One year in college and then got second overall, correct. Wow, okay. Uh and he went behind uh James Winston, I wanna say. Yeah. So go oh no 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 no, no. this is Oh, I went. I went. This isn't the right draft. I gave me one before. I need the one after this. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, it goes Jared Goff. What? What? I was like, dang, Jared Goff got a <laughs> starts. Am I really this dumb? Why am I having so much trouble? <laughs> the internet's hard. Okay, here we go. <laughs> 20 oh, minutes Lord, later. I, for some reason, it was like, it felt like I was reading Spanish there. <laughs> I was like, why is it not? Okay, yeah. This is, all right. So the Cleveland Browns take Miles Garrett, which means all of the quarterbacks are still on the board. All of them. Mm-hmm. The Bears trade up from three to two. From three to two. Keep in mind the 49ers. Uh, oh, no, they don't have him yet. The 49ers in 2017 trade for Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit later in the season. Mm. I think the Bears were afraid that the 49ers would take Trubisky and they liked him more. But that's clearly not the case if you're going to do a deal with the 49ers. Usually when teams do a deal, they're leapfrogging the guy who's going to... So, like, if I'm pick number 13 and I'm going to take an offensive lineman mm-hmm. and somebody has two picks behind me and they need a lineman, they're not going to go to my pick. They're going to go to the pick in front of me. They're going to trade to 12 so that they could take the lineman they want instead of taking the one I don't take. So, to trade in that situation, they should have traded with the Browns, not the 49ers, uh, to go from 3-1, to one, not 3-2. to two. Because they basically paid the 49ers to not take a quarterback. Which they didn't. Uh, which they apparently weren't going to anyway. Right. Um, at number 10, Patrick Mahomes gets taken to the Chiefs. At number 12, the, the Texans trade up to take Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, like... <laughs> Trubisky, Trubiscuit here sounds real... Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser, who isn't great and isn't even in the league and went second round, he's he was taken like they could have stayed at yeah, three. Yeah, this wasn't this wasn't a slim draft by any. Well, there were only the three, but if you really, there were only the three. But I mean, they're pretty good. <laughs> of yes, of the three, Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, and, and Deshaun Watson. All you had to do was not take Mitchell Trubisky, and you're fine. Right. They had a thirty. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's great. They had a sixty-six percent chance of getting that right. And the Mahomes pretty good too. Yeah. Like, and they and they tanked on that one. And they went Trubisky. 
and they paid the 49ers four draft picks for the pleasure of getting it wrong. Good job. Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette are also in this draft. Um, like, see, like what? A, like, see, I told you it wasn't that bad. No, there were the, if they were if they wanted to go other places, there were guys that could have gone. Yeah, they could have gone running back. You know, like there were other things that could have done. They wanted to go quarterback, so they made the trade. There were three quarterbacks to look at, and they, they took the only one that should have gone. Woo! Good job, guys. T.J. T.J. Watt went bottom of the first round. They gonna do that to a Watt. Uh, that's the one in, he's in Pittsburgh or he's he's still playing like a Watt right now. So yeah, there's just a lot of opportunity missed there for the uh makes for you, the Bears. Makes, makes you makes you wonder, right? It's it's always and it, it's he's only gone downhill, which is really sad. Like he started off okay. Yeah, he looked oh, his rookie year he had a couple moments where he actually looked okay and there's people who are like Mitchell Trubisky's the real deal. And he just hasn't improved at all. So there was a point so, uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't play at all rookie year. Played behind Alex Smith, I believe. Uh, and Deshaun Watson played rookie year, but he tears his knee, I think, week six or seven. So, there's a point in the season, like, around week 10, week 11. Irvin's like, Trubisky looked like the good choice. Right, where everyone's kind of like, well, obviously, the Bears made the only good choice of the three. And blah, blah, One of them's blah. not playing, the other one's hurt. And, and this is the only one performing. And he right. wasn't terrible then. And then it's just been worse and worse and worse since then. So there was a moment of we made the right decision, and as time moved on, because as you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We now know. Well, and that's how, and that's the really dangerous thing about a draft. Week ten, you know, fourteen weeks after we do it, we look brilliant. Three years after we did it, we look stupid. Right. So it's a really hard thing. Like, but it's weird to think they could have stayed put, probably taken Trubisky at three. Or been forced, like, let's say the 49ers are wrong and they and they take Trubisky at two. And then the Brown, or the Bears have to take Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. Like, best, worst thing to ever happen to them. Yeah, they're like, oh, no, we only have a decent quarterback. <laughs> yeah, what are we going to do with this good quarterback? I, man. Sometimes the league is about the things that didn't happen just as much as it is about things that did happen. Oh, yeah. That's one of those things I always like to think about and point out. All right, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses, be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, and coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Mm. 
Welcome back to some Nerd Thug Sports. We're hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Um, it's, a, it's a nice little Thursday starting to cool off a little bit. It's happening really quick. Still not right. I'm still not used to this time change thing. It's the worst. The time thing, man, it is like it's dark early. Um, it's like we're stupid. Like we can't understand time anymore. <laughs> we just get confused now. This is why some states abolish daylight savings. <laughs> I think only one, right? Isn't it like Tennessee or Nebraska or something? Who I got remember. Rid of it? Right in the middle of everything, which makes it even worse. Right. Well, I mean, like it doesn't make any sense anymore. Because all no, it does, it all it does, is throw everyone's schedules off, makes everyone like tired or sleepy, or, and then like because it's great when you get the extra hour, you're like woo, and then it comes back where it goes forward and you just lose an entire hour, and then everything's the worst because you didn't get enough sleep. Well, and someone did some studies, some that no one needed to do because I could have told you this that it takes like a week to recover from the lost hour of sleep on the schedule. Right. It's like well, no, duh, duh. It's super, super obvious. Deh. Deh. So, yeah, time change is garbage. Deh. I'm tired all the time. Okay? I'm tired. Yeah, I was like real sleepy, like driving here. Like, it's like 10 <laughs> o'clock, but it's not. <laughs> it's I'm, not. Like, I'm like, what's happening? Our body clocks are all messed up because of because farmers. Because our, our fake clocks told us that it's the wrong hour. Because of farmers. All right, let me tell you about Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. Uh, right there on 1488, we just helped them raise. Uh, Current tally over forty five hundred dollars. Um, wow, I, I think our initial estimates were that it was like seventy five hundred, but we were doing some math wrong because we had been up twenty five hours. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, it'll do that to your brain. Oh goodness! So it looks like it's at about forty five hundred, uh, which I which I'm still super proud of. I think those guys did a great job. Um, I was teasing Bill though. I said, "Oh, that's weird," because I went on the air and told everyone you raised a million dollars, so you better write that check, buddy. And he was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> Said everyone's going to look at you a little weird if you don't. Um, but uh, we, it was a lot of fun. and It was for a great cause, of course. Uh, Extra Life, uh, Children's Miracle Network, all that great stuff. You can still donate if you want. You can still donate. They let you donate year-round. They're, they're pretty good people. Uh, this Thursday, Magic the Gathering Booster Draft, Throne of Eldraine, $15 Booster Draft from 6 to 10 p.m. That's the day. It's the day. It's like, right I now. I don't even know what day it is. Uh, and then Sunday, November 10th, is D&D Adventurers League from 4 to 8 p.m., it's the semi-monthly Adventurers League session. Only $5 to play or make a purchase of at least $5 while in-store for the event. And coming up next Tuesday is Star Wars Game Night from 5 to 8 p.m. Star Wars. Star Wars. We're going to be there on Friday doing our clicks thing. Click it a click, 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 click. Clacks. Clack, clack, click, click, clack, click, clack, clickety, click, clack, click, mm-hmm. clack. Yep, yep. Okay, that felt good. Um, So that's cool. And then trying to think i feel like there's something else oh yeah make sure to buy comics and stuff there it's a great place to go well lit family friendly great staff um this week i'm getting my new mutants number one and my x-force number one Ooh, fancy come in there new on friday and i gotta get a i gotta get a box for my books to go in i gotta get organized right because you moved I, yeah i gotta get organized i got stuff i gotta Stuff everywhere. I think I'm going to start giving away stuff for my loot crates, maybe. I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Fun little things. Interact with the viewers. Let them know. Maybe do like an auction or something. I don't know. I'll figure something out. I'll talk to people smarter than me. We'll come up with some game plans. There you go. We're circling a date for the uh, Nerdthug Radio takeover of Adventure Begins. It's either going to be Friday, December 6th or Friday, December 13th. And what's going to happen is 
They want to do a holiday Ooh, party. Spooky 13. I know, right? That's a weird month to do it. They want to do a holiday party. Halloween to and Christmas. Thank their staff uh, for all the hard work they did this year. And they deserve it. And so the staff will be off. And Nerd Thug Radio and some friends of the store are going to be in there. And it's going to be for charity. All proceeds or all profit. I haven't, I don't, I got to get the details from Bill on which it's going to be. But I think, I think we settled on profit maybe. But anyway. It's going to go to a charity that uh, that Mr. Bill works for that's awesome. Um, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but what it does is for uh, it buys tickets home for soldiers for the holidays. Oh, that's super. That's super nice. Yeah. So you get your time off, but you got to get home. Right. So they're like, congratulations. You can go home. Bye. Uh, okay, bye. bye. And the engine is there. You're like, well, am I supposed to get home? Right. So uh, yeah, so we'll we'll hopefully raise a little bit of money and, and and buy a couple tickets for some people. Get some people home. Yeah, let's get some soldiers home for the holidays. Um, and so that'll be that'll be co- that's coming up next month at the adventure begins. Um, all right, so let's get into this. We got a few minutes left here. Approximately three. All right, so there's two things I want to talk about. Carolina Panthers, who have just abused Cam Newton's body for seven years. Mm-hmm. He's been relatively healthy until the shoulder thing popped up about a year ago. Yeah. And in third week of preseason, he hurt his foot. And it, this week, they now announced that they're putting him on injured reserve. And they've also been discussing what the injury was. It's a Liz Frank foot injury. Um, for those who don't know, Matt Schaub had one of those. And he lost a whole season. A whole season. I had one of those from a car accident, and the the weird thing the Panthers were saying is that the doctors couldn't give Cam Newton a timeline. He didn't want to have surgery for it. They wanted to just have it heal naturally, and they couldn't give him a timeline for how that works. Uh, when you do the surgery, the doctors know exactly how long it takes to heal. It takes it takes 10 weeks, um, which is timeline exactly where he's at right now. So we should have just done the surgery. Right. Uh, I, I don't understand. The, it, it feels like the Carolina Panthers have made the wrong choice every step of the way with Cam Newton, and it's starting to show up. He's now almost 30, and he is physically just beaten up to the point where his body is going to start taking injuries. And even though he's a big guy, even though he's got a big frame, and even though he's a powerful guy, and everyone's like, well, he's not built like your traditional quarterback, there is no player in the NFL who plays 10 years injury-free. There is no player who escapes the injury bug. The longer you play, the more likely it is you're going to get hurt. Especially if you're playing something like the quarterback. Well, especially if you're playing something like a quarterback who is allowed to be hit because you run. Right. Because the quarterbacks aren't allowed to be hit in this modern NFL we're creating. However, the ones who run are still wide open to this. So the idea that you want a running quarterback in the NFL is incorrect because you're taking years off of their careers. Tom Brady will be 45 when he retires, probably. And it's because he gets hit three times a game. Cam Newton, meanwhile, he won't make it to 35. And it's because they run nine run plays a game for him. And and that's the difference. So I just don't think... The Panthers just haven't haven't figured out how to take care of Cam Newton yet. Also, the other problem is he's not very accurate in the pocket. Mm -hmm. So you have to run with him. Right, it's like, well, he's not super great at throwing, so we're going to make him run, but when he runs, he's going to get hurt. Right, so now... They're between the rock and the other hard place. So, at this point, it's... 
and now they're just going to have to seeing, sit him out. I think you're seeing the clock start to tick on that on that Cam Newton time in Carolina. Well, it's, it's like running which, backs, which also means it, well, it, exactly like running backs, which also means Ron Rivera's time is up too. Head coach of the Carolina Panthers is definitely going to get rid of him. Uh, Steph Curry uh, broke his wrist. Uh, uh, good for him. Last week, how are you supposed to shoot threes? It was his non-dominant hand. How are you supposed to shoot threes? They put him. They did surgery, and then they announced a recovery time of over three months. That is not a small thing. I personally think they announced the long end of a recovery window instead of the short end, like you normally do in sports, because I think they are in no hurry to bring oh, him back. No. I think they Why would in they? No hurry. <laughs> so him, Clay Thompson are both just sitting on the bench, hanging out, hurt, and then Draymond Green's playing with all the kids. <laughs> uh, I don't think they have any intention of bringing Steph Curry. I don't like when the doctor says, "I think he's all right." I think the Warriors are going to go. Let's give him one more week, and I think it's got everything to do with their. This season is the lost season anyway. Yeah. You know, in a they're way, like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rest up our guys. Right. We're gonna make sure that they're not getting hurt again. In a way, this injury is perhaps the kindest thing that could happen to Steph Curry this year. Right. He because didn't like he instead didn't. of going all year trying to carry the Warriors and failing because they're losing games. Now he could just sit on the bench next to the other hurt guys, and no one gets to say, "Well, Steph Curry is not good enough." Right. This is almost like the perfect thing. Broken wrists hurt. Broken bones hurt. Rehab hurts. Oh yeah, nothing. No, nothing is great about this, but except it's just, for the fact that now no one gets to question Steph Curry. Yeah, now they can be like, "What would happen?" And he's gonna be like, "I was gone for three months." So because like LeBron James has the misfortune of like if if the Lakers lose three games in a row, people are gonna come to LeBron and ask what's wrong with them. Right. They're like, "What happened, LeBron? What are you not twenty anymore?" Right. And like Golden State's been having that issue. They lost their first few games and they lost them big. They're letting teams score a hundred plus points. And Draymond Green's analysis, we suck. We effing suck. That's what he said. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not a coach. I don't need to feel good about this. We effing suck. And so there was no question that they weren't good. Uh, and so. He doesn't have to carry them anymore. He doesn't have to carry them. He gets to sit on the bench and watch it happen. And speaking of benches, that's where we're going now. We're going to get out of here. When we um, Thank you very much for listening. We've got Nerdly Radio coming in tomorrow. It's going to be a special episode, number 250. And next week, Monday, I'm going to be on uh, The Morning Show with Dick Shizla. Ooh. Yeah, pimping my comic book another day at the office. So tune in, stay tuned, hang on here on 104.5, 106.1, keep listening. On behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself, same nerd thug time, same nerd thug channel. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio.